welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, holistic visions for planet Earth. My name is Julian Gudelai, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Samantha Lotus. Samantha is a lifestyle alchemist, a naturopath, and a business coach. She has created a business called Rewrite Your Reality. Samantha is a special guest on the show because I know her for several years, and this woman is a true force of nature, driven, focused, energetic, and awake to her own freedom. And her drive, sorry, her divine assignment is to activate and empower an army of alchemists, superheroes, light workers, love leaders, healers, coaches, and creatives to architect a new iteration and evolution of our collective reality. So with that intro and without further ado, welcome to the show, Samantha. Thank you so much. That sounds so good when you say it. <laughs> I feel like I need to just have you introduce me everywhere I go. You're amazing, Julian. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you're amazing. That's why I have you on. And definitely, I, I would be honored to introduce you on uh, a stage or wherever you go, whenever we meet next. You and I spend a lot of time in Costa Rica together, which I think is so funny because we're both living in Canada. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really great. And I, I love the times we spent in Costa Rica collaborating on the podcasts and just running interviews and doing the madness of the mastermind. It's, it's always a pleasure connecting with you, Julian. Nice. So for, for everyone who's been listening from, to my show for a while, and you, you know, I've published a few episodes from the Costa Rica masterminds. Uh, Samantha is one of the driving forces behind it and one of the masterminds behind the masterminding, putting a lot of her energy and a lot of her focus into creating kind of the framework and the stage for people to show up in their best and to actually be able to show up as masterminds. So I want to acknowledge you for that, Samantha. And I also want to ask you, like, what kind of adversity do you go through either during those Costa Rica events or in your own life to arrive in freedom which is the place i know you in mm, yeah thank you so much for the recognition and the adversity really the contraction before any expansion is always the gift and i feel like in my own life i i went through just a lot of sickness stress disease depression oppression and really feeling like a prisoner and I went through many years of victimhood and just feeling trapped and stuck. And it took me really breaking free of all of the shackles and learning how to heal myself and return myself to wholeness and choose the commitment to expansion and evolution and freedom. And through that contrast, just being so dedicated and driven to it, because I know what it feels like to be squeezed of all life force. And then what it feels like to feel the freedom and the expansion of really living your purpose and living outside of the box. And so the passion and the fire in my, in my soul is to share this with other people and to empower others to create freedom in their lives as well. Really cool. This is also another, another version of you that I really, I feel like, is the only version I know is you're so authentic about the pain and the adversity you go through, right? Like it's, it's not that like you believe in freedom because it's a better ideal and it's, it's what the world should be like. It's you believe in freedom because it's, it's on the other side of suffering and it's on the other side of like, as you said, being squeezed out, out, out the life force. Yeah. You know, I believe that everyone has suffered in some way that's unique to them and there's so much shame 
right? There's so much shame around suffering. It's like, especially now with social media and Instagram where everyone's just happy and rainbows and butterflies. It's like, if you are not happy and rainbows and butterflies and totally living the laptop luxury lifestyle, then there's something wrong with you and you have to hide and you have to, you know, really cover it and pretend like it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like one of my, one of my gifts and one of my, one of the purposes that I have here is to step out of the closet of shame and just to open up the conversation and normalize the fact that we all struggle. Like we all go through our own versions of, of hell or, or sh- we all go through our own shit and to normalize that and to just say like, Hey, that's okay. You know, and there's something on the other side of that. I, I feel like there needs to be more conversations where people share that, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies all the time. Yeah. I love what you're saying. Cause I actually, I actually struggle with that myself because I feel like the online media this, uh, or the online platforms that have been created, like the Instagram, the YouTube, the Facebook, et cetera, they create some kind of, um, you know, like a pseudo reality. So even when you share things that are, let's say deeper trains of thought, um, or struggling trains of thought, the moment you, you place a nice photo next to it, it still is perceived as like, oh, this guy is doing really well. And like, of course, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I've, I've always found my way to like, you know, be good or be okay with what is. And at the same time, you know, like going through ups and downs, I, I think it is a totally natural cycle. And I don't know if everyone needs to struggle all the time, but I think in the times we're in, and it is 2019 right now, struggle and adversity and contrast are a strong part of people's experience and so denying it or pretending it's not there is total bullshit to me absolutely and what you resist persists right and so when we try to hide away or distract right we we often distract ourselves from the pain that we have well it just pushes it further down inside and then piles all of these other challenges on top of it and eventually that will erupt and that's where we're seeing all of this in my belief all of this physical illness Mm. ease because these emotions these these traumas these pains these struggles they're meant to flow through us but instead the emotions get stuck inside of us and they cycle and they erode and they corrupt and they just grow and the more that we feed it with other low level density consciousness like shame and apathy or anger or resentment it just grows inside of us and then that energetic is what causes things like pain and inflammation and autoimmune conditions and all sorts of illnesses depression and anxiety cancer right all of these illnesses are related to unresolved emotions and thought patterns that are just corrupting us from the inside out 100% i mean it's it's probably not mainstream knowledge at this point, but it's definitely the knowledge of most people listening to the show right now. Epigenetics and the way we're actually able to influence our own genetics and our own, you know, bodies and DNA to kind of create either a healthy system or an unhealthy system is a real thing. And so our thoughts and our environments play a large role in in that. Yeah. And our genes, you know, a lot of people the old mentality around genetics is that, well, you're just born with a blueprint and you're stuck with that blueprint and you're screwed if it was a bad one, but you just got to play your cards. That's not true. Epigenetics and and newer genetic 
philosophies in science more than just philosophy is that we have genes we and they can be turned on or turned off right we have our genotype which is the blueprint we were born with but then we have our phenotype which is the expression of our genetics and that can change and so your thoughts your behaviors your environments your relationships your foods your exercises your emotions those all switch the expression of your dna so it's very powerful and empowering when you recognize very empowering, very empowering, because that's all the stuff you have control over. Yes. Maybe not in every moment, because like, for example, right now, outside of my little podcast studio here, there's this massive construction site. And so every day when I set up for recording, I like close all the windows and make sure, make sure I, I you know, keep, keep the noise out. So I can't really control that part of my environment. But then also there's like a, a stretch of 30 kilometers of ocean view. So, you know, for my health, actually, I just have to turn away from the construction site and say, thank you for your work and go this way. And, and boom, I'm in, you know, splendid nature again, where my entire endocrine system and my entire nervous system can just relax and realize, wow, there is no threat in this reality. There is no, uh, at least in my privileged um, version of reality, you know, there is no threat. And so when there is no threat, I don't actually need to react and respond and be reactionary to everything. It actually allows me to arrive in a space where I can take in such amazing knowledge that you're sharing. You know, you tapped on something so important. You said in one window, there's construction and the other one, there's ocean. Well, your reality and, and your uh, experience of reality is where you focus your attention. And so now you choose to look at the construction and wallow in the, in the self-pity that you're stuck in a construction zone, or do you change to the other way and choose to look at the ocean? That's life, right? Where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so if you can choose to focus on what's going well and put your attention there so that that appreciates, well, then you're in a greater state of appreciation and life will work out for you. And so it's really about being able to master where you're focusing your attention. 100%. I think our attention is one of our strongest currencies. And we are in an, you know, information age, we are in an attention age. Um, if you're listening to this right now, you're giving your attention to Samantha and I and thank you for that. Also, we, we hope you get a lot out of it. Samantha, I, I find it so obvious that you and I would jump into this topic right away, because you're a lifestyle alchemist, you help people reframe their reality in a way that they can turn from the circumstance they're in into whatever is the next possibility that really allows them to be more aligned and more attuned to their soul's desire and path. Yeah. I love that you're doing this. I know you kick ass at doing this, but I want to ask you like a little bit more of a personal question rather than about your clients. Sure. What is required for you to trust? Ooh, that is a tough one, Julian. Trust is my biggest edge. Trust has been the most challenging thing for me. Uh, and from my childhood upbringing or my wounding or my traumas. And I have this program that, that was very hardwired that says, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. And you can't trust anybody except for yourself. You know, I heard this a lot growing up. And so really allowing myself to be in my feminine and to be supported and to know that I am being supported and I am being provided for and the rug isn't going to just get tugged from underneath my feet. That has been a very, very big challenge for me and something I'm still working on. Something I'm still working on 
believing that other people want to be there for me and that they that they're mm. able to be there for me and that I don't need to do it all on my own. And so it's really been a been a journey of practicing that and affirming that and proving it to myself by allowing people to be there to support me and allowing myself to see how the universe is always supporting me and to recognize how I've always been okay and I am okay and that I am safe in this moment and that I can allow myself to to feel the trust that is always there and present but it's really about rewiring that because those patterns have been so hardwired into my operating system but it's about being compassionate about that and allowing it to transform so you're saying what's required is really to rewire in your case because the wiring you got or the conditioning or the program as you call it was just unfortunately a poor one and so so unless you rewire it it's hard to even just feel the trust Exactly. And that's where alchemy comes in, right? And this is what I teach in the program, Rewrite Your Reality. There, there are three steps to alchemy, and, and it's very simple. The first one is observe without judgment. So just notice what is, okay? So I notice that I have this pattern and this program. And the second step is deconstruction, right? Without blame. So I could blame my dad, or I could just say, okay, well, my dad had this program, and he spoke it a lot, and then it was wired into me. Nice. I understand where it came from. And the third one is reconstruction. So the third step of alchemy, right? Once you dissolve the lead, the dense metal, and then you transform it into gold is to choose a more empowering program to rewire and to recode into my life. And so my new program is I am always supported. The universe is always looking out for me. I allow myself to trust. I am trustworthy and other humans are trustworthy and I am safe. Right. And then I program that in and I look for that in my reality and I create it and I meet it and I consistently uh, work with that energy of it so that it does become my new reality. Powerful. I think it's vital to check our operating system. You know, um, obviously, like when we look at our technology, we download updates like once a week or it happens in the background and so for our mental technology and our inner world technology i think it is vital to speak about how we can update those operating systems and how we can update those those wirings um, on a regular basis and i think on a society level it's quite obvious that we need quite a bit of updating um yeah yeah thanks thanks for for deconstructing it in such a short and simple way i love simple I don't think simple is always easy, but I love simple because when something isn't simple, it's like, are we really close to the truth or are we just kind of trying to make up something that we have exclusive knowledge about? Yeah, I love that too. Like it's so complex and yet so simple, right? And, and really, I love giving people tools, like really pragmatic because it's, it's, it's just like this little simple thing that you can integrate into your life to truly transform something that maybe was really inhibiting you or holding you back or a major obstacle. And so just this simple tool of observation without judgment, deconstruction without blame, and then empowered choosing something more effective for yourself and deciding that you're going to transform this into gold. It's amazing. And it's so applicable to really pretty much everything in your life. Let me ask a follow-up question to that. So if you know the the old program is like let's say your reference okay and the new program you're like working hard is your preference 
right? So there's a difference between your reference and your preference, right? What would you say is required or needed to like kind of close that gap, that difference between what is and what, what you'd like? Like what are the values, qualities to, to, to close that gap? Yeah, this is so good. So, so most people, they are at point A, right? Okay, I am where I am. And then they see where they want to be. Let's call that point B. And, and there's two ways to go about it. One it will be like awesome and fun and enjoyable and playful and, and effective. And the other one causes suffering. So the first way, we'll talk about the cause of suffering because that's where most people are. So they know where they are. They know where they want to be. And then they focus on the gap that they are not yet there. And then that causes deep suffering. 100%. Yeah, that gets you so stuck. I've been there. It, it gets you so stuck. Yeah, caught in the negative because it doesn't exist yet. So they're caught in the negative reality in the gap. And, and then the, the pain and the energetic of not being there, not having it yet and not being enough pushes it further away from you, right? And, and it can be decapacitating. It can be uh, paralyzing. So the more effective way is to be where you are, to know where you're going, and to fall in love with the process of getting there, to, to really savor the journey and to use the mantra, I am exactly where I need to be and there's more. I'm doing great and getting better. I am so excited to improving, to taking that 1%, to taking that one step and to really give yourself the grace and the compassion to be on the journey and to be in your process. So when you can fall in love with the process, then you're happy the whole time. It's not just conditional happiness when you get to point B. It's, no, I'm living it and I'm in the energetics of already accomplishing in every moment. And that has such a different feeling to it. And then it bridges the gap. The universe will also meet you, right? Because the law of attraction, the, the, the universe is always reflecting to you and bringing you what you are, what you're resonating at. So if you're already resonating at like, wow, I'm doing amazing. And this is coming to me and I'm manifesting this. Then you are being a positive attractor and your positive attractor field is open. And so the, the possibility for it to be attracted to you is amplified. I like what you're saying. I think it's a hundred percent how I'm experiencing it. And something in me is like, well, but what about those like commitments you have to make in order to get there? Because what you're saying sounds like if you're just kind of like trying to vibe at I'm attracting this, you know, it, it's going to happen at some point. And I, I yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, you know, at some points that's, that's true for me. No, that's that, please. That's just a, like, there's, so there's a feminine and masculine part. Of okay. It's about being, in the Keep going. knowing that it's being attracted to you. Yeah. And, and the universe isn't just feminine. It's also masculine. So you actually have to do something. You have to penetrate reality with your, with your beingness and you need to meet whatever it is that you're wanting to create. You know, the, the secret it's, it's only half. It's not just that the universe is going to give you everything because you feel it and you believe in it. You also have to be in your masculine and go out and do something about it to meet it halfway. Boom. Nice. Because for me, the, the values personally that have come up all my life in amazing ways, in great ways, in challenging ways, in shitty ways are usually discipline, commitment, and repetition. Often when I've realized, oh, wow, I've been doing this now over and over and over again to the point where it's almost boring. That's usually where for me, I find a, like a piece of gold because that experience of boring means I'm getting good at doing what I'm doing. Therefore it's not as stimulating for me anymore. 
which usually means like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it again. Just that most of um, the millennial friends I have and including myself, I was born in 87, being bored isn't something we, we like to hang out in for way too long, you know? Yeah. But it's part of becoming a master is in repeating something so long that you're like, yep. And I was bored with it for a hundred hours and that didn't stop me. I actually just got better at it. Mm. I, I half like that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the repetition. I, I love the masculine energy, right? Like determination and commitment and repetition. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like there are things that I've done a million times over, definitely more than my 10,000 hours. And I don't find it boring, but it becomes second nature, right? And it doesn't have that same like extreme stimulating charge. It just becomes second nature. And so I wouldn't necessarily utilize the word boring because of the connotation I have to that word, but familiar and hardwired. Uh, yeah, that I would say. Cool. Cool. Let me change it up a bit. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. I like those. Yes, no, maybe none okay. of them, both of them. Okay. Meat or veggies? Both. Ocean or lake? Depends where you are. Water or kombucha? Kombucha. If you want something done right, do it yourself or better as a team? <laughs> Damn it! Um, I really want to work better as a team. <laughs> <laughs> Cannabis or alcohol? Uh, cannabis. Jungle or desert? Oh, man, both. Samantha, can you take us back to one of your first psychedelic experiences? Yes. Yeah, this one saved my life, to be honest. Well, many saved my life, but the first one, the first one was the first time I ever did mushrooms, magical mushrooms. Uh, I took too many because it's my first time. But it, at first it was very, very intense. And then afterwards I decided I need, I was indoors and I needed to go outside. I went for a walk. I was walking along, doing my thing. You know, it was really, really wild. Everything was six dimensional breathing and moving. And I walked past this tree, this massive tree and the tree stopped me dead in my tracks. And, and it, it just spoke to me, like telepathically spoke to me. And I looked at it and all of time space stopped. And I, and I just started to like reverberate and, and vibrate with the tree. And before this, I was somebody who hated nature. This is really bad, but I grew up like not appreciating nature. My family didn't appreciate yeah. nature. Like we would litter. It was really bad. And this tree and I started to breathe together. Every inhalation was the tree's exhalation. Every one of my exhalations was the tree's inhalation. And the tree <sighs> told me, Samantha, you only breathe because trees exist. You are not on the earth. You are of the earth, of the earth. And the tree was like, wake the fuck up. And it hit me. And I have goosebumps again saying this. It hit me so hard. And I was just like, wow, I am nature. And before that, I was so disconnected to nature that I had not realized that. And that tree was one of my biggest awakenings into this next iteration of my evolution. Wow. I'm glad I asked you that question. Is a good one. Tree, trees are powerful. They have a lot, a lot to share with us. It's just that they can't walk. So sometimes you got to go look, look them up. Yeah. Sam, what is happiness for you? Hmm. 
Hmm. Happiness. It's an essence. It's, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a, it's a goal. It's a state of being. It's a gift. It's a pleasure. It's something that I appreciate so much. And that I've also let go of my attachment to, because it can also be a drug. That was deep and I like it. And what about this often used word of purpose? How would you describe purpose in your own words? Mm. In two ways. So the first way, if I'm to say, I want to live my life on purpose and in purpose, with purpose, it's truly, it means intentionally. Each thing I do, it's calculated in a way that's intentional. It's nourishing. It's yeah, it's something that, that I care deeply about and, I, and I'm mindful of and heartful of and soulful of. Hmm. The second way that I define purpose is like, what is my purpose? You know, and, and I, one of the programs I teach is called Life Purpose Business Training. And my philosophical belief is that we each have a clear purpose on the planet and tuning into our divine essence and why our souls chose to incarnate is one of the greatest gifts that we can really receive from ourselves. And so to connect with that purpose, it, it opens up a whole other energetic fuel source for your life. And it really helps to, to focus on what it is that you're actually doing here on the planet, why you were given an essence of beingness. And then it helps structure what you do with your time here on earth to align with that purpose. Wow. Really well put. I, I, I love this answer. I think there's such a truth in understanding that when you connect with that beingness, that essence, that piece of your soul that, you know, has a blueprint of purpose, you have another form of energy available in every day. Because these are spiritual insights. And at the same time, they help you be 100% in the material realm. It's like you're 100% spiritual and you're 100% material. And in order to live that balance, you also kind of require to open up to both of these sides within your being. Mm, yeah, yeah, I love that you said that. You asked really great questions, Julian. I, I really love having conversations with you. And I feel like we do live in a polarity, right? Like physical reality is polarity. And, and I feel like a part of our quest is to bridge that polarity to see the totality. And, and so to be a hundred percent in the material physical world, while also being a hundred percent in the spiritual world in essence, and recognizing that we're living both at the same time and to really bridge that and to integrate both. It's, such a such a blessing and it, it really adds a whole other dimension to this type of reality one that i'm so grateful to have found and cultivated and, and really developed within myself because i know that there is a, a sense of deep sense of of emptiness before i came into these these truths for myself mm -hmm. yeah that's powerful i feel emptiness um is something that most people I talk to, um, if they're clients of mine or if they're people I interview or if they're my friends actually, have experienced a feeling of emptiness before. 
this feeling of being alone or this feeling of not knowing, right? Yeah. And it's something that I think we can see the symptoms of that feeling of emptiness in our society, you know, with terror, with um, forms of violence and aggression or with suicide. And rarely, rarely do I feel like we're talking at the level of cause and effect very deep down at the human soul on a public stage or in a public place where, you know, um, we, we can just kind of shed those layers that keep us, or as you said in the beginning of this episode, these prison walls we might've created for ourselves and for each other. And as countries in reality for the people we want to kind of like keep away, right? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that the systemic, there's like a systemic challenge of, of emptiness, right? Or not enoughness, not good enough, not deserving to be here, not worthy. All of these like not enoughness and these different forms of emptiness that to fill those, right? Like they can be these insatiable holes, these black holes. I see them inside of, of people. And that's where we, we have these addictions and the distractions and the, mm. the, alcoholism or drug abuse or sex addiction or whatever it might be or terror totally. you know anger it's it's these things to to fill these voids that we have and and really the only thing that will truly fill them in my belief is self-love on the material plane and also spirituality like allowing that space to be filled by your soul and, and really tethering your soul to your body and choosing to be here like choosing to be on this planet choosing to be embodied choosing to except that you did incarnate for a reason and it's your opportunity to really align with what that reason is. Yeah. I like that when you're choosing to be in your body, you had a Freudian moment earlier. Um, for those of you who speak German and Freudsche Versprecher, um, not that that matters, but you had a Freudian moment because you said when you're the tree in your, in your psychedelic um, expansion, the tree showed you, that you're off the earth and you said off the worth first. I don't know if you recall that. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's exactly this worthiness. That's the antidote to this loneliness or this emptiness is to realize you're off the earth. You literally made out of planet earth, right? I mean, when we die, we decompose and then like our bodies are just really part of the like, you know, earth again to give birth to the next tree probably. But while we're alive, our physical bodies are off the earth as well. And so, when we're connected to earth and to our soul and to our existence on earth, I feel like there is an inherent worthiness that comes with it. You know, you can even track it back to the etymology of the word humility. Humility, I think is connected to the word humus in, in Latin for like earth, earthiness. So, so, you know, there's, there's some kind of a connection. I kind of started, started to see a little while ago. Do you, anything that pops up for you there? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the interconnectedness, right? We, we're, we live in this illusion that we're independent, right? Like I am me and you are you and this table is a table and the tree is a tree. But really, there is a, an, an interdependence, right? And so this feeling of like isolation and aloneness and independence pushes people through polarity to go into codependence and addiction eatiness but really if we could separate that and be in the balance of interdependence recognize that we are interconnected to everything and there's a sacred relationship that we have to everything including to ourselves and if we saw that 
would we still treat ourselves and the planet the way that we do? Would we still use all of these chemicals and toxic medications? And, and would we have war if we recognize that you and I are the same, we are one? Would we go bombing ourselves, each other, and the planet? We wouldn't. And so I truly believe that this, this concept of interdependent, interdependence and oneness is truly the solution to all of the challenges on the planet. And yet we're so under the veil of illusion of separation. And this is truly where I feel that suffering comes from. Yeah, you're alluding towards my last question for you in this interview. And it is, what is your holistic vision for planet Earth? Let me frame it a tiny little bit because you were saying when we kind of transcend or you know go beyond the illusion of separation so if we were to go beyond our own lifetime and we'll go seven generations into the future let's say 200 years 210 years i think is seven generations what do you believe might become possible yeah this is something i've thought about you know, a lot of people say, well, they would want a utopian future, right, where everything is perfect. But would we be able to recognize and would we be happy? And would we feel good if there is no feeling bad? So I like to play with the concept of what if right now everything is perfect? And we're evolving and growing and transcending and moving into more perfectness. But I don't I don't know that that polarity could ever really end and, it, and if it did end then would we just return back to source consciousness would we would we actually have physical reality because physical reality is based on polarity and so i don't know julian i think that the future you know seven generations down the future we might just be back in source consciousness or we might just realize that we were the sims all along and we just go back to our computer program I, I have no clue, but what I do want to see for humans, something that's a better answer than just what I gave, my wish for humanity is for people to reclaim themselves, for people to recognize and realize just how powerful they are, just how worthy they are, just how deserving they are, that they are actually here for a reason and they belong here, and, and to cultivate like self-love, to really just like stop being so hard on ourselves to give ourselves a big hug and to be like, Hey, I'm doing great. And I'm getting better. And I'm pretty freaking awesome. And then to interact and interface with the world from that place. That's my wish for the world. There you go. Thank you for both those answers. Mm -hmm. I do not claim to think or know that there's a right answer to this question. I really just enjoy hearing all the different answers that, that, that are possible and mm -hmm. just to continue to explore what what is happening in our minds and our consciousness when we kind of ask questions that disassociate with the here and now in this individual personality mm. cool samantha thank you so much for your time is there anything else you'd like to share any call to action anywhere where people can find you yeah i have a question for you julian since i know you personally and something i know about you is your intensity the way that you like your energy penetrates, like you are super passionate as a human being. Like that's something like, I, like you, you can feel you when you are, like when I'm in your presence, it's like there's a reverberation there. And so I wanna know what, 
when you tune into your heart and like the fire and the passion, what are some of the things that you're just most passionate about? Like what is your heart bursting with right now? That's a great question. What is my heart bursting with right now? A little bit the excitement and um, unsureness of where you're going to go with this question. Um, <laughs> overall, though, I think what, what's, what's beating in my heart is it's the passion for where are we going beyond exactly what you just said, the polarized world. So I do believe that contrast is something that will always be around in a physical incarnation because contrast or understanding that there is good and bad, or if you don't want it to have it that black and white, if th that there's good and better, right? Um, or better and best. Contrast is essential. Mm -hmm. So I'm not of the illusion that, that that won't happen. And what I'm really passionate about is, are we as spirits, as souls, as humans, are we able and capable to, you know, I would say, fine-tune the instrument that is the body, fine-tune it away from the mechanism that the animalistic body used to be? Because our body is incredibly primitive. I mean, yeah, we're complex in some ways. We have fingers and thumbs and ears and we're sensors and we're feelers and we're thinkers. I, I, I de definitely get that. And our bodies are incredibly primitive. We're so close to animals. We are all filled with animalistic desires. And I don't believe those are our true identities. And so what I'm passionate about is what can happen when um, a larger part of our species, because I also believe we're a superorganism that is completely interdependent and, and interconnected, what can happen when a larger part of this superorganism reaches this tipping point? Let's say a hundred million people awaken to a consciousness that they realize, you know what? I get it. I have sexual desires. I have food desires. I have passion desires. I have romantic desires. I have money desires. I have space and righteousness desires. And I don't need to have those trump my higher awarenesses of what I would like to embody alone, individually, in the space with nature and with others. And so that's what I'm really passionate about is to continue to lean into that because truth be told, I don't know any of these answers. Truth be told, I'm just figuring that out every day a little bit more. And truth be told, I'm feeling all those lower vibing desires as well. I've just realized that when I'm feeling them, they're not always what I want to act on. Not because in the moment it wouldn't feel amazing to, I don't know, have sex or uh, eat another tiramisu, you know, and like be up for 10 hours and shake it because of all the caffeine. But because I understand that there's cause and effect. Mm. I don't claim to, or I don't pretend to understand all of the cause and effect of the universe. That would be incredibly silly to say, but I know that there's cause and effect. So if I eat five pieces of tiramisu, I'll probably not sleep tonight. Yeah. Tiramisu is one of my favorite desserts. That's why I'm using it as an example. A little safer than just to talk about sex over and over again. But sex is a great example too. Alcohol is another great one, right? Drugs is another great one. It's like, yeah, I, I enjoy cannabis every now and then, but I don't want to smoke every day. Like that's just not going to make me the human I want to be. And so in that figuring out, that's really what I'm passionate about. And I think there's a million different ways how to express it. And there's millions and millions and millions of people needed to express it. And there's hundreds of millions of people ready to feel it and that's what excites me that's what gets me lit up mm. 
I love that. You, you're lighting me up and there's so many things I could go with that one. And I will just say one thing to that. Something I've, I, I really believe and preach and teach is that the, the difference between a poison and a medicine is the dose. And just like any vice, right? Sex or tiramisu or whatever it might be. Mm, you know, really think about the difference between a poison and a medicine is the dose. And yeah. to really like to ascend past the primitive desires and like the hedonism, right? Because it's like too polarized into something that's like nourishing and balancing that causes that creates homeostasis because that's what the universe wants the masculine and the feminine to be in balance right nature everything in nature is always seeking to find homeostasis in the body as well it just wants to be in balance and in, in natural oscillation the ebbs and the flow of the ocean the sun and the moon right it's all in balance and so it, if we can take that principle of the universe and of nature and apply it to ourselves and our lives whew, I feel like a lot of a lot of power is in that. So. Oh, I like that. So to answer your question, oh. for those who want to get in touch with me, uh, you can find me all over social media, uh, Samantha Lotus or Samantha underscore Lotus. On Facebook is where I post the most regularly, Samantha Lotus Rewrite Your Reality. I also have my YouTube channel and then, you know, running events and workshops kind of all over the place. So. It'd be super fun to connect with anyone that's in your network and in your community. And I Definitely love make sure to follow Samantha, check out her content and engage. You know, this is, this is, I think one of the things we're all wishing and hoping for more participation. Yeah. Yeah. In all the conversations and dialogues. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, you, Samantha. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I truly hope you had a good time listening to this interview and gain some form of new perspective, inside or knowledge that serves you, that enriches your life. And if that's the case, make sure to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow the social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and simply be part of the conversation, one step at a time, wherever you are, have yourself a stellar day.